welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. everyone. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. We're so glad that you're here. I'm Laura Forehand. I'm one of the co-hosts and I have my other co-host, best friend here, Rhonda. I'll send it over to you, Rhonda. How are you doing today? Hello, everybody, and happy new year. We are continuing our conversation with Coach today, and he's been talking about this Whole Brain Teaching therapy, and we're hoping this is been a beneficial podcast for you guys. And we want you to continue to listen because he has several of them scheduled for us. We've talked a lot about um, the dark red thoughts, the red thoughts, the green thoughts, the golden thoughts. And today we're going to dive into the keys that coach has been talking about that. He mentioned the last one, the alpha hot key the last time. So welcome back coach. We're excited to get started on this. What a thrilling way to begin the new year, ladies. It's just, it's wonderful. Um, all right, so let's just kind of frame this up. There is, oddly enough, two sides to the classroom management coin. One side is, how do you manage the class? And there's a huge amount of literature and lots of helpful ideas, and we hope we've added to that side of the classroom management coin. The other side of the coin, I don't think anybody's thinking about, and they should, and that is, what do you do for yourself when you're having a hard time with classroom management? And that's where many teachers are at many points of their career. And so we're going to talk about that hidden side of the classroom management coin, self-care for teachers of beloved rascals. And we have lots of information about how to teach beloved rascals. Laura, explain how happy you are to explore the other side of the classroom management coin. Well, Coach, I've been waiting it for to be all about me for a long time. So I'm sure, glad yeah. it's finally all about me. No, really, I am excited um, to learn more about self-care because I think that is one of the things that gets put on the back burner with a lot of teachers. So let's just talk about traditional approaches to dealing with anxiety. And that's what happens to us in teaching. We've had a very tough day. The day is finished. We're driving home and we're having anxiety. Well, what exactly is the brain structure of anxiety. There is a, a small area in the center of your brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala responds with the well-known fight, flee, or freeze 
response when you're in alarm, when you feel threatened. And teachers know that they've seen kids in fight, flee, or freeze. But you're driving home, Laura, after a tough day with Wild Jack, and you may be in fight, flee, or freeze simultaneously. You're yeah. thinking about what you want to say to Wild Jack and perhaps his caregivers. That's the fight part. Mm -hmm. You're so distressed that you're thinking about is teaching really what I should be doing? That's the That's flea right. part. And Laura, you can be frozen and just not know what to do. Mm -hmm. That's the amygdala. Okay. Laura, explain the three prongs of the amygdala after a tough day with Wild Jack. Go, my friend. Yeah, so the amygdala is responsible for our fight, flight, or freeze responses. Very good. Now, we are not breaking new ground in this part. There are standard therapeutic responses to the amygdala's alarm. You can meditate. And we, we certainly recommend when you're in the process of helping a beloved rascal, you take some deep breaths. You think about your alpha hawk. Another typical response to reduce anxiety is to watch your diet, is to exercise, is to share with others, is to try to problem solve. You're alarmed, and the uh, you could even go to formal therapy. These are standard techniques that are well known, but we're exploring another avenue which has been opened up to us by whole brain teaching, which is another way of solving problems. So instead of solving problems for beloved rascals, let's solve problems on our own. So now Rhonda, meditation, diet, sharing, problem solving, have you tried any of those to improve your mood ever? Or are you trying all of them right now? <laughs> Well, probably not meditating as much. I tend to do the deep breaths, but definitely I would say um, the sharing, just the problem solving with another person to help me get those, that anxiety feeling out, just to kind of what we call a lot is vent. And yeah. that kind of helps alleviate some of it. We want you ladies and our audience, we want you to do anything that works. We certainly want you to keep going with any strategy that works. But it, there's personal disclosure here. I've got to tell you, from the time I was 17, at least until 35, I had serious issues with depression. Um, so I'm speaking from personal experience. And I've tried an enormous number of things as a teacher of philosophy and as a dabbler in psychology. Uh, but I'm intrigued to think that if we've been successful with activating the whole brain in the classroom, Laura, and when you activate a beloved rascal's whole brain in the classroom, there's no area left over for misbehavior. Right. What if there was a whole brain therapy in which we activated as many brain areas as possible to lift our mood? That would be awesome. Talk about that, Laura. Go. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. Um, you know, I think I think then there'd be little 
area left in my brain to maybe worry about those dark red thoughts or those, those red thoughts. So I'm really intrigued to uh, hear more coach. Okay. Let's do a little bit more on the brain. Now, there are many different brain chemicals, and this is a vast oversimplification, but that's where we're at in a podcast. Mm-hmm. I want you to think, Rhonda, that there are two brain chemicals that are crucial to our moods. One is oxytocin. Oxytocin is the cuddle chemical, the love chemical, and mothers feel it for children whenever we have that experience of, of love. Whenever we act kindly or we witness kindness, we get this oxytocin. Rhonda, tell us about oxytocin. Tell us how you love oxytocin and you'll get an oxytocin burst. Go ahead. Absolutely. We love that that feeling that um, when oxytocin is released, it's that cuddle chemical, that love chemical. And I think, wouldn't that be like if somebody's giving you a big hug and how you feel oh, better? It is. It's how it's been released. And what if you could set your brain up so you got multiplicities of big hugs? Now, that. Laura, the other chemical, again, massive oversimplification, the other chemical is cortisol. Mm-hmm. Cortisol is what is generated when the amygdala is in alarm and it pulls us down. It speeds up our heart. Uh, it gets us ready to fight or flee. And so what we what we're in after a tough day with Jack is amygdala is alarmed. Our brain is pumped full of cortisol, and we've got to change the brain stream. Because ladies, we're heading for home. Mm. And when we hit the front door, there's an awful lot to do besides have the whole family stop their world and make us feel better. So this has to be in many majors a self-therapy. Laura? Yes. How are you feeling about changing your brain channel from cortisol special to a holiday of oxytocin. That sounds amazing, but I know someone who would love that even more, and that's my husband. <laughs> when I'm okay. bursting, bursting through the door going, ah, today, you know? Yes. Yes. All right. So we know in All Brain Teaching a bit about the brain. So what we want to do is we want to use some whole brain strategies to give us more oxytocin to infuse the brain with this feeling of love and and cuddleness. So let's talk about brain areas. Laura, I want you to imagine that you have seven golden keys and one of the golden keys is the key of blessings. Mm-hmm. Now, handily enough, We've assigned letters of the alphabet to the golden keys. The A key, which we talked about last time, is the alpha hawk key. The B key is the blessing key. The C key is the caution key. The D key is the dream key. The E is the energy key. The F is the friends key. And the G is the God key. Laura, putting you on the spot, give us the seven keys in alphabetical order 
And when you're doing this, Laura, listen to me. You're exercising the prefrontal cortex. Okay. And the hippocampus, which forms memories. So we're already, when we go through the seven keys, we're getting out of the limbic system and the cortisol fog, and we're getting to a different area of our brain. So do some prefrontal cortex talk here, girl. Go ahead. Okay. So the blessings are A is for the alpha hawk key. Yep. B is blessings key. C is going to be the caution key. D, dream key. E, energy key. F is friends key. And G is God key. All right. So let's make a whole brain activation, Rhonda, of the blessing key. And I am delighted to tell you, Rhonda, that the blessing key opens the book of blessings. Ho, 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 ho. And that book of blessings, Rhonda, has three parts. Okay. Blessings that come to us from people we love. Blessings that come to us from places we love. And blessings that come to us from events we love to remember. Tell us the three parts of the blessings book. Go. Okay. So there's three parts of our blessing book would be part one, the people we love. Part two is the places we love. And part three is the events we love to remember. Very good. Now, Laura, notice what we're doing here. People say count your blessings. Counting your blessing is a good idea. But let's count the blessings in a whole brain teaching way that activates more of the brain. Well, just thinking that there are three huge kinds of blessings immediately opens up the brain to resources that we are not aware that we can tap. So, Laura, here we go. Okay. I want you to imagine that you have the golden key of blessings in your hand. Mm -hmm. I want you to see, visualize the visual cortex. You're opening this beautiful book of blessings. Mm-hmm. You feel your hand turning the key. That's the motor cortex. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the car, you could talk silently to yourself. That's the auditory cortex. But again, prefrontal cortex, motor cortex, visual cortex, auditory cortex to lift up the limbic system. We're now opening up a new world of self-therapy based upon the idea of count your blessings, but let's really get into in there and vividify mm -hmm. those blessings. Laura, talk about people you love. And as you talk about them, you're beginning to feel oxytocin, which is what you need. You had a tough day with Wild Jack. Go ahead, Laura. Okay. So if I'm talking about people I love, I'm going to start with my husband Yep. And, um, you know, then my grandchildren, my children, yep. um, just wonderful friends like like Rhonda, who has been just a solid foundation for me um, with whole brain teaching. You coach, you're someone that I respect and love greatly. Um, so, yeah, I can I can um, I can feel really that oxytocin. I mean, I can feel kind of like a warmth inside me as I talk about these different people. That's true. 
The reason you feel the warmth is not any accident because you've had such positive experiences with them. Mm -hmm. Wild Jack was a challenging experience. It caused your amygdala to go into alarm and generate cortisol, which is pulling down your mood. But if your car was full of the people that you love, your perspective, the inner universe would begin to shift. Mm. All right, Rhonda, you get to open the book and let's do some more oxytocin generating. Talk about the people you love. And as you talk about them, visualize them to yourself in this book of blessings. Go ahead, Rhonda. Okay, well, I would definitely think about my husband and my children and um, even going to the part of a new daughter-in-law that I have and her little girl. Mm. Um, I would probably think of like my mom and my in-laws and just that whole group of family, but especially though my friends too, like Laura, um, I would repeat what she said. She's been a steady foundation, probably also you coach and just some of those um, wonderful whole brain teaching friends that we have like Nancy and Andrea and Andre and Sarah and Stephanie and Chris and all those people. They, um, I don't know. It just, it's a good feeling to know that we're part of that family as well. And it would probably even extend to my friends that I have met through um, life experiences a lot with work. I still have some close friends, even though I'm retired, that we still keep in contact. And that means a lot as well. All right. Now, ladies, I want you to understand this is not a quick fix, but it's the beginning of a fix. Because as you begin to access loving memories, and as you think about these people, you see them in the visual cortex and you begin to identify them and speak to yourself inside your brain and your prefrontal cortex is churning back through these memories and you're beginning to feel this natural flow of emotions. This is based on the idea of counter blessings, but I believe it's a much richer, more engaging approach because when you say count your blessings, you're going to count the same blessings over and over again. You don't really know what to do. All right. So, Laura, you're driving home. You could stay on part one of the book of blessings as long as you wanted to. And, Laura, you could go back over those and back over those and back over those. Mm-hmm. You're, changing your, you're changing your brain chemistry as you do that, Laura. Right. Now, but let's look at another place. Part two of the Book of Blessings is Places We Love. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have some fun here. Got to tell you, uh, I love my little town of Yukaipa. I love the walk up the hill in front of the house. I love the walk down by the baseball field. I love this particular season because the hills are starting to be green. My friends, I could get an oxytocin burst just by thinking over and over again about one place I love, a multifaceted investigation of that place. And there's many, many other places I love. So Laura, I want you to pick just one place. Okay. Talk about it, so to speak, from different angles. And let's get that oxytocin flowing around geography. Go. Okay. Well, gosh, that's hard to pick one place. But if I, right now, if I had to pick one place, um, I would say 
that my place of blessing is Taiwan. And the reason I say that is my son lives there and I haven't seen him for three years. So just knowing that um, he is there and when I, whenever we can go back to visit, I will see his face and the beautiful landscape. It's just so lush. And the, the fruit there is so delicious. Um, and just like you were talking about the mountains, the rolling hills, it's so green and um it's it's surrounded by the Pacific Ocean, which is just so blue and beautiful sandy beaches that you can just walk for miles and just explore. There's caves there. Um, the people are beautiful people that are just so friendly. And um, I, I never when we visited there three years ago, I just I never felt like an outsider. Wow, that's beautiful. Now, Laura, I want to tell you, after your bad day with Wild Jack, mm -hmm. definitely think about the people you love to begin to tune your mind to the oxytocin channel. Definitely think about places that you love. But I want you to overcome embarrassment in the car, and I really think it's more effective to say these things out loud. The worse you feel, the more of your brain area you need engaged. And when you speak out loud, then you're activating both Bro Broca's area and Wernicke's area. Mm -hmm. uh, Rhonda, it could be your childhood home. It could be your backyard when you were a little girl. Uh, it could be the last time you were to Disneyland. You've got a lot of places, Rhonda, you love. Let's face it, okay? Cards on the table. Pick out one place you love and just talk about it and feel that inner warmth that Laura talked about. Go ahead. All right. Well, boy, it is hard because there are some places, but probably one special place is a trip that my husband and I took and we went to um, the Bahamas and just the, the warm air, the sun, the beautiful ocean and the sandy beaches. I mean, you never, I mean, you meet friends everywhere and you get to learn about people from different places. But just um, the atmosphere, um, the swimming pool, the cocktails, just all sorts of fun things like that. It just kind of works. Cocktails, wait a second. What are we talking about here? Party girl. Laura, are we seeing a new aspect of our dear Rhonda just in that little hint that crept out there? What do you think, Laura? I think it's beautiful. I love it. I <laughs> <laughs> do party girls. All right. Now. Notice what we're saying, the blessing key, the golden blessing key, which we can feel on our hand, feel the weight of that heavy golden key. And you're standing on Alpha Hawk Island, which is your version of green spring paradise. But let's look at one more massive part of the book of blessings, and that is events we love to remember. Well, I'm just going to open my book up there. And I remember when I was first courting my wife, Deidre, I had heard about a nightclub in L.A., Dylan's, and it had three floors, ladies, every floor, three dance floors. And we went into Dylan's Friday night and we danced on the bottom floor and we danced on the middle floor and we danced on the top floor and all night long. It was an event I love to remember. And I could then talk about when we got married or when we went to Isla Mujeres for a 
vacation or I can talk about the three times, ladies, we went to Paris. Events you love to remember as you remember them, remember them richly, and you'll begin to change your brain chemistry. Talk about an event, Laura, that you love to remember. Okay, this is an event that I speak about often. Um, and it was the birth of my first granddaughter, Holland. Um, I just remember going to the hospital and holding her for the first time and having her head on my heart. It was such an, an out. It was like there was no one else in the room with us. It was just her and I. And we connected on such a deep level. I tell people that that is really the first time I truly believe that I felt God's presence. Wow. I, mean, I thought that I had, but there was something so powerful in that moment. It is almost hard for me to describe wow. just how powerful it was. But that is a very, very precious um, event that I love to remember. Can you feel it now? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish I, I wish I had the words to describe. I mean, I really do. It's It was that meaningful and powerful to me. Super. All right, Rhonda, your turn to turn on your oxytocin channel. Talk about an event you love to remember. Well, I probably should focus in on my wedding to my husband because we had a great time. Um, just the family being together, um, my father-in-law singing their old songs that they grew up with and stuff like that. It was just kind of a bonding experience. But I do want to mention another one that I, I think about a lot. And that was our in-person conference. I think it was Cleveland. And some of those people there just spoke to, when they spoke to those teachers, they spoke to me too. And I remember one and bless, can't think of her name, but she was an amazing lady, but she talked about the penguins. And that is something that I think about a lot is that conference. And I almost didn't get to go to that one. And I was just, I can remember thanking God that I was there because I felt like what they were saying, I needed to hear. And wow. we were there to help them, but they in turn helped me. And I'll, I will remember that conference for a long time. Wow. So wonderful. Um, all right, ladies, let's look at what we're doing. We're taking a standard approach to improving mood, which is to think about blessings. But we're opening up the whole brain teaching gates so that these blessings can really appear in their wondrous multiplicity. And we're making it visual and physical and auditory and limbic. We're reducing the anxiety, the fight, flee, or freeze mechanism that we feel on our amygdala. In fact, as you think about those events, there's nothing about them that makes you fight, freeze, or flee. They're gravitational planets of love and joy that just pull you in. And I will say this, as I've been practicing this myself, that you need to spend a bit of time. For me, it hasn't been a bunch of time, but 10 minutes just going through these various steps and really beginning to see the amount of wondrous love experiences I've had in my life from people and places and events, it makes it, it just 
makes it almost impossible to go back to feeling sad, depressed, etc. So for me, it's been uh, extremely useful. And I just think that this is what we need in teaching now, besides helping teachers heal kids who are deeply troubled. We also need to find ways to give first responders, and we're teachers, we're first responders there every morning. First responders, energy and love and therapeutic healing inside a busy schedule. That is the problem with typical approaches to therapy. You've got to set it up. You've got to find time. You've got to have the discipline. You've got to get out there and walk. All those things that you should be doing. You should be watching your diet. You need to get your husband when he's in a mood to listen to you, Laura, which is wonderful as that man is. It doesn't happen all the time, every time. This is self-applied therapy that you can then begin to build out and add to other tools because, Laura, Wild Jack's going to be there tomorrow, okay, and the day after. And you need to do some things in small pockets of time, before and after, and during work, where you're activating your whole healing brain. Mm. Talk about what we're up to here, Laura, because I think it might be something fairly new. I just think this is really powerful. Like I was just sitting here thinking, just listening to to the stories that you shared, listening to Rhonda and the stories that she shared and thinking about my own, um, you know, book of blessings that, I, I mean, it just, it, you know, when, when Rhonda and I first got on to get ready for this Zoom, you know, she asked me, she's like, you know, how was your day? And of course I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, this and that, and, oh, it's just so stressful. And it's like my whole demeanor is just softened because of what we've done here today. I just think it's that powerful. Um, and I, I think it's important to remember that like we're worth doing that for as teachers, yeah. right? It's we're worth taking that time for ourselves to, and I don't think there's anything I talk to myself all the time, how many of us sing in the car, you know, and there's no one else in there. So I don't think anybody's going to think anything if you're talking to yourself in the car and telling, te you know, speaking your blessings. I just don't think that, you know, and if they do care, well, oh, well, <laughs> you know, I just think it's that powerful that we need to remember to do those things. What do you think, Rhonda? Well, I mean, like I said, I'm applying this to my life. I don't necessarily have beloved rascals. So I'm thinking about looking on Amazon for an old skeleton key that I can physically hold and use as wow. a reminder. Because wow. I need I need that visual because or and just even to feel it and to see it. And I think if I have a key around, like if mm. it's in my bedroom or wherever, that I can stop and do this a little bit more often. But I think you're on to something, coach. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I am going to say a, a, a couple of wrap-up things. Now, Laura, you have had 50 or 100 people who brought love into your life. Mm -hmm. And you've had 50 or 100 different places or experiences in places mm -hmm. that are loving and wonderful. And 
you've had so many things happen to you that you love to remember. To make this work, you can't keep going back to the same one over and over again. Because I think God wants you to see the full range of your blessings. And there's a phenomenon that you and I and Rhonda know about called habituation. Mm-hmm. You have chocolate cake on Monday and, oh, Lord, it's so good. <laughs> and you get up Tuesday morning and think, what the heck? I'm going to have some cake for breakfast. And you continue that for a few days and you begin to think, you know what? I'd give anything for a string bean, you know? (laughs) Repeated stimulation of the same wonderful response Mm -hmm. will dim and diminish the power of that response, which is exactly the way our brain should be. Mm -hmm. Our brain should be set up to explore to discover, and then be hungry for more exploration. That's why I think God has built habituation into our brain because he wants us to keep going. So yes, your husband is a wonderful guy. Mm -hmm. You might be able to think of some experiences with your husband that you haven't thought of in a long time. And who knows, Laura, maybe you've got someone else in your life who also It's good to feel love for. Laura, explain this key idea of habituation because it means we've got to keep growing in this whole brain therapy. Go. Right. So habituation just means we're thinking about the same thing, you know, over and over. And and I think it's really important what you're saying because I think we need to really look outside kind of the little box maybe we've kept ourselves in and think about all those different experiences. When you were, you know, prompting Rhonda about her um, places that she loved. And you mentioned something about a childhood home. I immediately went back to mine and I'm like, yes, I remember such beautiful memories back there. So, um, you know, really tapping into, you know, some things like, what do you think coach about like maybe even like jotting down some, or, or is this something that you want us to just be thinking of spontaneously, not maybe like making a, ch- I mean, I'm, I don't want it to sound like a checklist, but you know, is it okay to brainstorm some? Absolutely. Okay. I think that's really great. All through these sessions, I'm thinking worst case scenario, you've had a bad day with wild Jack, you're on the drive home and you've only got five minutes. What are you going to do? Best case scenario, you're journaling. Okay. You're jotting. Okay. You're making little boxes and you're labeling that page the box of people I love. Mm-hmm. You're making a page with your husband and then in each of those little boxes, you're putting a different memory. I really like the idea of imaginary paintings. So, Laura, you make a box, a blank box on a sheet of paper. And if you're not an artist, and who is, you draw a little circle up in the corner. Oh, there's a bird there. And you draw a circle over here. You just label different parts of the picture. And it begins to make you think, well, what was on the ground there? or What's in the background? Just labeling different parts of the picture is a way to 
use whole brain therapy at a whole other level. You're making it visual and physical, and you're creating a feedback loop. Wait a second, ladies. <laughs> what if there was an oxytocin feedback loop where you began to think about your childhood friend, Bill Greenwood, and as you began to think about him, you thought about another childhood friend, Gary Love, that you haven't thought about for a while. You could get onto the oxytocin channel and forget that there were other channels, which after a while, Jack, is a good thing. What do you think, Rhonda? I think that sounds great. <laughs> I need more of that. I need to start doing that more. All right, super. All right, ladies. Now, next time, the A key is the alpha hawk key. The B key is the book of blessings key. I got to tell you, ladies, the C key is the caution key. It will be a blessing to think about cautionary self lessons we can teach ourselves, but that's for next time. I'm excited to hear about this caution key because the way I'm picturing caution is totally different than I think yeah. you're going to present it. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, coach, as always, this has been such a great conversation. And I know Rhonda and I say that after the end of every podcast, but this, like if you are listening to this podcast and you are not feeling that warmth of oxytocin, um, Gosh, we just encourage you to go back and listen to it again because um, and be thinking about your own book of blessings, um, your own alpha hawk. Go back to the letter A if you have to. But this has been so rich and I just I can only imagine, you know, how much is going to going to help teachers. Um, we do want to encourage you um, to go back and listen to the other podcasts in the series if you've missed any of them, because this it's all going to build up to what Coach is talking about here today. Um, in the meantime, until we're back next week to talk about the caution key, um, we want to encourage you to go to wholebrainteaching.com to check out everything about whole brain teaching and to check out any free resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. But this has been a delightful conversation. Yes. Thank you, Coach, so much for giving your time and your talent and inspiring us once again. Um, I I just look forward to the series. I want to know what's going to come up next. So like Laura said, check out the others if you haven't already. Um, in addition, remember that um, we are thankful for all of you for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with all your teacher friends and administrators. We are incredibly thankful for each of you because you are why we are doing this. Until next time, bye-bye.